Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. Hope you're having a great day or weekend, evening, whenever it is you might be listening to this. Uh, I'm having a good one today. The sun shining. Got to spend some time with the dog today, visit my parents, all that fun stuff. And now just getting down to some, uh, getting this week's podcast all set to go for your uh, listening enjoyment. Before we kick into this week's podcast, uh, I want to give one shout out to uh, down or two shout outs actually. Uh, this past week, last week was uh, yeah, last Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Time Bomb Pro put on a fantastic show down in Fargo. Um, if you get the chance, make sure you go check out what uh, Time Bomb Pro is doing. They're putting on some fantastic events down in Fargo, Grand Forks. They did Winnipeg earlier this summer. Don't miss out. Go check them out. They're putting on incredible shows. And uh, I went down in April, and it was one of my favorite shows I've seen this year. So next time they're doing a show, maybe this fall, we'll see. Um, Stay tuned. I'll make sure that I'm keeping you up to date on all the information. Grab tickets either go down to Fargo or if they're doing a show in Winnipeg or Grand Forks, go check them out. Make a little, uh, make a little, you know, weekend out of it. A couple days away, hit up Target, Jimmy John's, all that fun stuff. And want to, uh, mention CWE just ran at the, uh, Arbrook street festival. Looks like it was a very fun show out there. Um, lots of pictures up online, a few videos. So, uh, Props to everyone who was able to uh, go check out and enjoy uh, the show that they were putting on for Arburg this past weekend. Before we jump into this week's podcast, I'd be amiss if I did not mention, and it also ties into my guest this week. August 18th, if you don't have tickets already, grab them now. This show is going to sell out just like the first one. 3D Pro Wrestling presents Mass Appeal. I've got a couple tickets left. They might be spoken for, not too sure yet. But you know what? If you message me and say you want the ticket, I'll make sure I drop it off because, you know, for first come, first serve, you know? We'll, we'll do it like that. Um, no, we'll make sure everyone can uh, come check this out. But 3D Pro Wrestling presents Mass Appeal, Osborne South Legion, August 18th, 20 bucks a ticket. Grab them now. The show is going to be fantastic. And I'd mentioned before that uh, this week's guest ties in to uh, me mentioning 3D Pro Wrestling. So we should just segue right into that because this week on the podcast, I am joined by not only wrestling in Winnipeg for the first time, but wrestling in Canada for the first time, making his Canadian wrestling debut, former Ring of Honor wrestling star O'Shea Edwards. So this chat was a whole lot of fun. I left afterwards just grinning ear to ear. I had a blast talking to O'Shea. We covered tons of different bases. Um, His match recommendation is a fantastic choice, but I'm not going to spoil any of the topics that we talk about. We're going to jump right into it. This week on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, O'Shea Edwards. Now, 
before you even stepped foot in a wrestling ring, I mean, you lived quite an exciting life. I mean, between college <laughs> football, being a firefighter for 15 years, and that even led you to travel. I mean, you experienced more before some people even really got a chance to. Yeah. Um, one of the things I tell people all the time is like before I even stepped into a wrestling ring, I was already professional. You mm -hmm. know, I've already traveled the world at that point, you know, um, wrestling. It's, I, I don't want to say it was like a, you know, a, a midlife crisis or anything, but no, it was something I always wanted to do. It's just, I never gave my chance the opportunity to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, cause it's like just life, you know, being a fireman is not easy. You know, it's the schedule's demanding, very, very, very demanding. And for a little while, I juggled the both of them, okay. you know. Um, so, but and I'll always be a firefighter at heart, like, mm -hmm. no doubt. Like, I have an ink on my body, like, you can't take it from me. <laughs> I have my helmet, you know, all that good stuff. And so, you know, it was a fun 15 years. I learned a lot, I got to do a lot, but you know, I love wrestling, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm so glad I'm doing this now. Had you always been a fan of wrestling, like from the very beginning? Oh, no, no doubt, man. Definitely. Um, mm -hmm. My very first memory of wrestling was my dad taking me to Madison Square Garden really? and getting to see a, at the time, a WWF house show mm -hmm. uh, in Madison Square Garden. And I still, to this day, like we were in like the upper deck nosebleeds, X, Y, and Z. And so I remember seeing Ahmed Johnson for the first time. And I was like, yo, if there's ever a man that can kick my dad's behind, it's that man right there. And um <laughs> and ever since then, man, I was hooked. Um my dad lived in New York, so WWF was at the time was you know, big, prevalent in the Northeast. Mm -hmm. um, but I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, where WCW and Turner Broadcasting reigned supreme. So I knew of WWF, and when I told my dad that I was wrestling, he was like, oh, this? And I'm like, no. I, I just first time I ever saw a WWE product was like that day. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking we're going to go see WCWs. I didn't, you know, I didn't know any better as a little kid. Um, but that's just what I knew. And ever since then, I was like, oh, wait, there's more to this. <laughs> and I just, you know, just started absorbing it, absorbing it. Um, you know, as I, as life can, you know, continued on, I kind of like, I waned in and out, you know, yeah. but I always like kind of knew what was going on. And then I got a sniff of the Indies as a, just as a, as a consumer. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is here. Like people, you, you guys do this all the time. Where do I sign up? Like, mm -hmm. I got to get in on this. Come on. And, um, you know, I, I got linked up with, a. uh, some really good people. Um, original trainer with Johnny Swinger. Mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of, if Johnny Swinger was more like the, you know, the high school, then seeing Robert Gibson was more of just, you know, you know we don't worry about a bachelor's degree, you get him a master's course, like right yeah. now. <laughs> and um, it, it's, it's awesome how far wrestling has taken me and how much I've learned from people that I used to watch on TV. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I know a lot of the listeners ha have uh, heard of my appreciation and love for Ahmed Johnson. So the fact <laughs> that he dropped that name, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I'm not the only one who loved Ahmed Johnson, you know, yes. like, he, he was great. It, dude, it was before I realized that promos were a thing. Don't give him a microphone. <laughs> Do not give him a microphone. <laughs> not. But, like, a 
presence, like he had it. He was the first dude I've ever seen, like as an adult. I'm like, yo, why is he wearing knee pads on his thighs? I don't get. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it works, man. Mm-hmm. It worked for him. And I was just enamored. I was like, yo, I want to be this, this dude when I grow up. <laughs> It, it seemed like in because uh, he really came through in 96 and like, yeah, I mean, uh, you didn't have too many guys like him in wrestling, you know, like his stature, his no. presence. So to me, like seeing him, like I'm thinking I'm like, oh, he's the Intercontinental Champion. You know what? He's going to beat Sean. He's going to be the world champion. Like yeah. I believed. You no, know? he's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no. I did too. Man, Um, like I used to watch WCW, man. No, actually WWE. Dude, the Patriot and Bret Hart angle, mm-hmm. yo, I swear to God, like, I was like, yo, if the Patriot loses, yo, we're all going to get taken by Canada. We're all going to be speaking French. Like, <laughs> this sucks so much. Like, for, like, as a kid, I was enamored with that mm-hmm. whole USA-Canada program. And I just like, this is the coolest thing ever. As a kid, I, I got it. And as an adult, I'm like, yo, Bret Hart carried that man (laughs) he he carried that man for months Mm -hmm. and um it's just it's it's so funny to me now how i can just like uh you know go back and watch some of that old stuff i used to watch as a kid thinking Mm -hmm. this was awesome you know thinking the undertaker was really dead um (laughs) come on (laughs) come on man you know and and be damned if you tell me it's fake Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know it's fake, right? I don't care. Exactly. This. <laughs> I don't care. This is fun. Well, uh, but I can watch the matches. Oh, this is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's funny because I mean, y- y- you know, you go back and you watch some of that old stuff now, and like when you were a kid growing up watching it, you think it's the greatest. You go back now and you're like. Ooh, maybe not so much, but like, 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 you wanted Ahmed Johnson to be world champion yeah. as a kid, and then you watch him as a adult, and you go, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you're a fan all throughout, and then yeah. you decide to go after seeing, get into it after going to local shows. You're like, from when you first decided to get involved with wrestling. I mean, what was your initial? Uh, thoughts getting in going into training and all of that man that first bump is brother what did you do to yourself mm-hmm. what did you just do and that first bump is jarring like wait i'm supposed to do this on purpose mm-hmm. i've been an athlete my whole life the whole point of me being an athlete is to not fall over and i'm supposed to just fall flat mm-hmm. okay um but man as soon as i had it there's Two or there's three things in my life that are guaranteed um, in my life. One was the first day I showed up to become a fireman. Like mm-hmm. first day of training, had it in a bag. The second is when I met my wife. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna be that woman. That's happening. And three is when I st- I took that first bump and got up, and I'm like, yeah, you guys are really screwed up. Now I got this. <laughs> <laughs> I got this. And um. It, it, but I enjoyed it because it was something new, man. I was learning, you mm-hmm. know, and because I came in the game a little later, um, I was a little bit more wise to understand what's being taught to me. I could sift through nonsense and, you know, and still find that like nugget of information that I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, 
I pride myself on being very, very coachable. So even if I'm doing something wrong, people would tell me, hey, you, you know, not so much you're doing it wrong, but you may want to find another way to do it. Yeah. And for me to apply it like on the fly, it, it just it felt good because you were getting immediate feedback on something mm -hmm. that otherwise no one would ever see. So for me, I was always training, 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 you know, study, 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 study. And then I had a small group of people who I who I, you know, who, to me, they were they were just they were, they were my they were my peers. But to me, they're like on another level than me. And I'm like, please watch this. Let me know. Please watch this. Let me know. Please watch. This. And I'm like, and don't just watch it. Hey, man, this is good. Like, no, man, I need you to like, like bring this, break this thing down to the minutia, you know, find every single level layer of nuance that you can, that maybe I didn't see, but maybe I just kind of stepped in and tell me, mm -hmm. like, I don't want to hear what I did good. I want to hear where I can improve and how I can improve and, and mm -hmm. stand up. Um, and it just, and even now going like year nine, it's still just like, Hey man, can you please watch this? <laughs> I still come into it with this level of humbleness of like, hey man, look, can you please watch this? Break this down to me and like get back to me. Mm -hmm. I'm don't don't spare my feelings. I'm not here to have my ego stroked. I'm here to be better. I, the only way I get better is unless you like you know break my shit down. Yeah, and that that's just the athlete in me. You know where it was all. If I wasn't on a field, if I wasn't in a weight room, I was with a remote control in my hands, going. You know, breaking stuff down, mm, didn't like that. Oh, it was Riley's back. Uh, we could have da, 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 taken notes, taking notes. In my house, I have at any given time in one room, I have at least one wrestling notebook. Mm -hmm. And in and, and, and any random room in the house, that become what I did, I can just write it, put something down, and then keep it moving. That mm -hmm. way, if I ever need something, I just kind of look and it's like, oh, I remember I wrote this down. Oh, sweet. I got this idea. And then I just go with it. I'm, I will forever be a student, forever mm -hmm. be a student. Well, that's one thing. I mean, you you need the uh, constructive criticism and feedback from people who aren't afraid to, if something isn't good, to let you know so that you can mm -hmm. better yourself. Because if they're just blowing smoke up your ass, then it's not good for anyone. You don't right. need to hear that. You know, you want and, to be able to better yourself need, and improve. Right, and you need better people around you. Yes, if that's what you're getting, you need you you need you're when you're the best part when when you feel as if you're the best person smartest person in the room time to find a new room mm -hmm. and i had to learn that lesson hard the hard way a few times um but man once i learned it i'm like oh boy like i said, I said like you boys screwed up now <laughs> <laughs> what were your feelings heading into your very first match out on the independence oh yo, i was nervous i was yeah. so nervous like what am i doing what am i doing like is this it, it, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Why Why did I drive three and a half hours away to my house to do this for 20 bucks <laughs> and the hope that maybe this might be something? Mm -hmm. um, but you can, like I said, it's the thing about the presence and you know if you, somebody's got it and you know if they don't. Mm -hmm. um, I remember just standing in the ring and just being like, I know I'm the new guy here and I don't, I'm not maybe as experienced as some of you other guys. I was like, but I know right now that man, in a few months and a few years, man, I'm gonna have all y'all be mm -hmm. like, I, I knew I was the best thing in the ring. And that wasn't a, that wasn't me trying to be arrogant, but I ain't gonna lie to you. My ego kicked in. Like I was like, Oh, as soon as I took that first bump, and I you know did my first slam and all good stuff. I'm like, yeah, 
I got this. <laughs> and like I said, I just kept, I just, it kept going. Um, I still get nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you don't get nervous, check your pulse. Like something's wrong with you, especially when you get like bigger opportunities, you get on bigger stages. Like I still get nervous. Mm-hmm. I still have my little pregame ritual that mm-hmm. I do where I got to go be by myself and mm-hmm. I just got to focus, focus, focus. Um, I, like I, I did that day one, anything, the first show ever. I just remember finding a corner sat down, put my earphones in and just focus, focus, focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and even now I do the same exact thing where I find a dark corner. I kind of like lower my energy and then I just focus, 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 focus. And by that time it's like, okay, the trigger's been hit. Cool. Let's go get it. Did you have any reservations about getting into professional wrestling? Not a single one. No. I, I knew this is exactly what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I once again though, understand though, I was a professional before I walked in here, mm-hmm. so I already knew, already had, already had half the job. Mm-hmm. I had half the job licked. I'm, I was already a professional, um, you know. And I was told, I, even in training, you know, I told people before, I'm like, hey, understand something. I am a grown ass man. Mm-hmm. Um, I have literally walked into burning buildings and walked out of them. There is nothing anybody's going to say in this room right now that's going to remote me, like make me feel bad. Like you're not because mm-hmm. I can do this, but you can't do what I do. Like you yeah. just understand that. And once I kind of held that air about myself, people just like, no, nah, man, O'Shea's got it. Like he's cool. <laughs> that really puts you in almost the right mindset to continue going on, you know, like knowing mm-hmm. that about yourself, what you've experienced, it's, it puts you at a different level than, you know, someone who might be, you know, 18, 19 years old getting into it, who hasn't had those same experiences and been able to be, you know, professional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. It's like I, 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 that's, and that's always been like my biggest gripe when people come to find training schools is we can teach, I can teach a banana how to wrestle. Okay. I can teach a banana how to wrestle, but teach somebody how to, how to conduct themselves and within the wrestling business is hard. Mm-hmm. That's very, very hard. And that's why 90% of people don't make it, you know, to whatever level exists that they're trying to achieve. That's why 90% of them don't make it because they don't know the business or they get advice from people who definitely shouldn't be giving wrestling business advice and they get stuck in the same traps. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's going to be a common thread, like audit your circle mm-hmm. constantly, you know, once again, if you're the smartest person in the room, it's time to find a new room. You know, if you want to be in the room where everyone's driving Ferraris, you know why? Because you ain't got one. And if you hang around people who drive Ferraris, eventually guess what's going to happen? You're going to drive one too. Mm-hmm. And then you find the next group of people and then you hang out with them, you know? So like understand the business, understand what this is. Like it is a business. I had that as soon as I already knew that I'm like okay cool this is easy mm-hmm. the wrestling's easy this is what I focus on I know even regards to just doing this podcast like I I keep my you know circle very tight with you know just mm-hmm. bouncing ideas and that because there's very few people I trust to give proper feedback or just to yes. be able to grow and stuff because I could ask one person and oh everything's great you know keep it up keep it up and then I'll ask a different person be like hey maybe mm-hmm. try this instead you know and it'd be like hey that's a good idea incorporate that in and constantly keep growing so it's a very tricky situation to navigate yeah I respect that person more mm-hmm. say hey man I, you know this was eh, you may want to try blah 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 I, re- I respect that person more. 
like, and here's the thing. If I'm asking for your advice, I already respect you. Mm-hmm. But for you to be like, nah, man, this is what I saw and this is what I didn't like. Thank you, man. Now, I, I, to me, that's a level of trust of I can come to you and you can objectively tell me what I need to hear, not so much what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. One like benefit I, I, I don't want to say benefit, but one thing I'm very thankful for is like my fiance, she's not a huge wrestling fan. She'll watch Mm -hmm. it. You know, she'll come to shows to that's mine too. (laughs) Yeah. Show interest in something I like. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I'll ask like, you know, just, you know, say, Oh, like she'll listen to me do an interview. And then she'll be like, Oh, you you said this, maybe next time try this instead, you know? And it's like more, that adds more than, you know, someone who is a wrestling fan who might not be familiar. So having that other sort of set of eyes and ears to it, it adds to it. I I love the fact that like you have that because I have that too. Mm -hmm. Like mine doesn't watch wrestling unless I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. And then even still, she'll kind of go, oh, that's stupid. Yeah. I didn't understand that. (laughs) And because because Mm -hmm. she's watching it just from a, it, now she understands the athletic, you know, prowess of it. She gets understands that. But mm-hmm. when you watch it on TV, you watch on TV kind of to be like informed or be entertained, mm-hmm. you know. So she doesn't watch wrestling. So to me, she's a casual fan. And I tell other wrestlers, I'm like, if you're not chasing the casual fan, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because the diehards are called diehards for a reason. Yeah, they're going to show up. Like you come after the casual fan. Now, if you want to be true to the craft and you want to hone this one little market and one little niche, cool, man, brother, good for you. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm in business to make money. Yeah. And so money is with the casual fan. So the more that regardless of what your gimmick is, regardless of what your brand is, if you can expand that base to a diverse clientele, and if you can expand that base that's to, that cast a wide net, dude, you're still going to make so much money in a business that's designed really not to make that much money for you. Mm-hmm considering where wrestling was you know from the late 90s early 2000s that boom period and the drop-off that it had i mean you're seeing more you know more shows more more opportunity now and it's you really want to capitalize that and make the most out of those opportunities you're you're absolutely right but with all the comp like i don't say competition but with all these shows that are out there everyone everyone's competing for the dollar Mm -hmm. everyone's competing for the eyes and so you know, promoters have options. Trust me, there will there they will never have to go far to find talent. Like mm-hmm. they're, they're not. They just pop on their DMs. Trust me, they're just full of them. Um, <laughs> you know, but they have to. You know, but with that, you know, promoters have options, and now the audience has options too mm-hmm. because you know their dollar means something, and so you want to make sure that. You know, the shows are getting put on are the quality shows that you actually want to see on TV. Production goes a long way. Mm -hmm. You know, talent goes a long way. Self-promotion goes a long way. Mm -hmm. You know, I I miss the art of the promo. I say it all the time. Like, I miss doing promos. I I wish that would come back Um, because I'm a storyteller. You Mm -hmm. know, I if you can create something individually, I mean, diverse just for your company or for your brand as a wrestler or whoever you are. And you get people to attach to it, homie, you can do so much different stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to understand that like, you can't sit back on your laurels. You, there's, the next guy's coming, and he's coming a lot faster than you think he is. Mm-hmm. How did all of the ROH, your, your you know, um, wrestling for them, how did that all come to be? 
Dude, I talked a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> I, talked, I talked a lot of shit, man. Um, <laughs> because nothing else was working. So I just started talking shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so 2016, uh, they had a um, Bristol, Pennsylvania. They gave out one of their camps. And those camps have brought have really names like Dalton Castle and you know a handful of others. So 2016, um, I am less. I'm about to. I had no business being in that room, but I just, hey man, I'm here. Mm-hmm. I just want to see. I wouldn't see where I stood. I remember seeing Ring of Honor at some of the most at night. If you can stay up till twelve, I'm on, and I loved it. I watched much of that existence, so I was like, "Yo, this is awesome!" I'm like a year in for a camp because, in my mind, that's what I want to work. Like my level of success, I want to be in that wrestling ring in front of people on their TV. Mm-hmm. You know, that's to me, that's that's it. That's my goal. Um, I'm in the room with Brian Malonis, um, Josh Woods, um, Karen Q, who now I'm not gonna lie. I can't remember what she's gone on to a WB. I can't remember her name right now. Um, and a handful of others who mm-hmm. are just like, they, they're just main, they're mainstays everywhere yeah. else. They're mainstays. And um, my wrestling at the time, not going to lie, about to be my. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. But my pro A plus matches, we did drills and like. Had um, Delirious, you had Chris, you had Tom Punishment, Martinez, a um, bunch of others. Just kind of there watching, taking everything, the notes, and, and the other. Um, like I did my match, and he pulled me aside goes, Hey, man, listen, I'll show you only a year in. He said, Not yet. And he's like, So whatever you're doing, okay. <laughs> um, I went back to Georgia ground running just the only way if you get better is when you start wrestling people better than you so mm-hmm. I was trying to find everybody who I thought was even if you were like a degree better than me oh man, I want to wrestle you. I want to wrestle you and I was doing shows Thursday Friday Saturdays and Sundays mm-hmm. lost up the fire department <laughs> um and just around and around I was burning it burning it um two years later they do another one um, but this time they moved to a bigger place in Baltimore, and I go, and uh, so you know a lot of people there and all that good stuff. And I remember going because I knew at the time nobody else from Georgia was going to go on their own dime. Um, and on top of that, I said I was going to get a job here. I'm gonna get one. Mm-hmm. So I remember I still remember sitting in that room and everybody's kind of looking around. Everybody's nervous, and I'm the only one not nervous. I'm just like, let's. <laughs> Voice. Like I've been waiting two years for this. Mm-hmm. Um, we did promos first, and I still remember like that whole setup. I mean, TV camera right in front of you, and it's Ian Riccaboni, it's um, uh, Danny Cage, it's B- Bully Ray, mm-hmm. and I remember uh, Ian looking over at BJ and going, "Hey, man, watch this." Okay, here we go. And I just, yeah, I mean, you got 60 seconds, get it. Boom. And I just remember just nailing it. Mm-hmm. Just, just nailing it. Um, I was good. I was the second to last guy. 
And um, the last guy goes up. And I remember Bully stopped and goes, hey, man, is there a reason why you're going last? And he, he's like, um, yeah, I think I'm the best promo here. And guy goes, did you, did you see the guy who just went before you? Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I saw it. He just looked at him and goes, well, good luck. <laughs> and then let him go. Um, and then, you know, so that was a two-day camp. Um, I got to interview a future of honor for them. That was awesome. Uh-huh. Um, and then they pulled me in the back and goes, Hey man, like when can you get to Baltimore? We want to, we want to get you in our dojo. Um, we want to get you in the system and all that good stuff. Um, I was still working at our department at this time. Um, this is October of 2018. I remember mm-hmm. going back, kind of like taking stock with everything. And then, uh, all right, screw it. We're going to go. I'm just gonna, we're going to leave. I'm going to move. Mm-hmm. Um, found another job, quit the fire department, um, <laughs> sold my house and just dipped. Um, for me, it was now or never. Mm-hmm. And wrestling in Georgia is fun, but man, wrestling in Georgia is tight. And if you don't know the right people, you know, business a certain way. It, it kind of got, got tired of waiting my turn and I'm like, nah, I'm just going to jump the line. I'm just going to mm-hmm. jump the line. And so uh, for about a year and some change, just trained, man, just trained and, and trained with the dojo. And then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then COVID. That sucked. Um, training stopped. Everything stopped, of course, as everybody knows. Um, but then they come back to say, hey, we're going to start running shows at the end of the year. And I remember the, uh, you know, Delirious, who was booking at the time, looks at me and goes, hey, OJ, um, you're up. Yeah, man, you're up. Like, you know, we got we got parts for you. This is on. <laughs> mm-hmm. That must have been, like, just a great feeling for everything that you've gone through, you know, all the time you put in, you know, wrestling, everything you've picked up, you know. You get that opportunity with uh, Ring of Honor. Eventually, you get the the chance to wrestle with uh, Shane Taylor Promotions. You know, like that's a huge opportunity there, and you really made the most of it with your time with ROH. Yeah, man, I had to. Mm-hmm. I, I had to. I like I said, man, with the pandemic, man, everything was weird. You didn't. There was no certainty at all. So I. Like for me, every time I stepped into that ring, man, I I had to hit a home run. Mm-hmm. Like I anything short of a home run, the game was over, and I and I was going to refuse leaving anything to chance. Um, but I remember that that first match though. Like I remember to the match I didn't. I was like stone cold, just locked in, and I didn't let myself have it until I got backstage. And I I'm not the one for public shows of emotion. But man, when I got backstage and it just kind of hit me, I just, <laughs> because I've been working so long for something mm-hmm. that was never guaranteed and never promised. And I finally got it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how much you train. I don't care how ready you think you are for it. When the one thing you want the most drops in your lap, you're never ready. You're just, you're just, you're, you're just never ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want it bad enough, man, you got it. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, before, you know, we sat down to talk, like I, I, I was reading up on you and uh, I came across an article that you wrote for Outsports. And mm-hmm. um, I know that 
it's in wrestling it is a lot more you see a lot more of it where people mm-hmm. are more uh able to come out and you know i know for yourself it was a big thing where you felt you can finally be true to yourself where you know being in you know with football or the firefighting you couldn't really take that step to you know show who you were um do you yeah. think that we will ever see a time in professional sports where that is where people will be, where they will feel welcome enough that they can come out and that they can be true with everyone around them. The the right answer would be like, of course, mm-hmm. but I'm also a realist mm-hmm. and I also like lived it. No, mm-hmm. it, 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 no. Um, and I, I, I don't say no to be um, like indignant. Um, I, I say no just because of the look at the platform that we put, you know, athletes on on such a level, right? Um, that it's hard. So all of a sudden, you have the you know a guy come out and, and his whole like career just is a just complete just mm-hmm. just off course um but for those who do man like those are some of the most courageous and bravest people that i know mm-hmm. because you are because it's the one thing about be, courageous people understand is can't be courageous without having to understand that there will be some sort of sacrifice mm-hmm. you know let it be notoriety let it be professionally personally financially like there is going to be a sacrifice for you showing courage it's just i it's not courage. It's not courage unless you incur that type of like cost for it. Um, so when people do come out for it and they do come out and they live their true selves, like there's a level of joy and like a level of like, oh, brother, like I'm so happy that you did this. Mm-hmm. But now this is where like the work's got to come in because they're going to come. They're going to come for you now, mm-hmm. you know, because what people may have preconceived notions of one person and you prove them different. They're going to come after you. And I only hope that like you're ready for that because some people aren't built for it mm-hmm. and you hate it when people finally find that energy and that bravery to come out and then they just get crushed for it. You're like, nobody, nobody deserves that. But unfortunately it's something we have seen. Mm-hmm. I think like, I'm going to make sure that I include the article when this gets published, because I, I encourage everyone to mm-hmm. go and read it because I mean, going through reading it, seeing the support that you had from your wife and just like what it meant for you to like, you could sense just how like the emotion that came through for yourself. And I think that everyone should go ahead and read Mm -hmm. this just to see what it's all about. And uh, I hope you don't mind that I include that when I push this. No, no, not, not, not at all. I think it's something that everyone should read because you do see a lot more of it in professional wrestling and i think that's one thing that i'm happy that you see it because it's it allows people Mm -hmm. to be real and i I think that's something that's very important nowadays um to switch just to pick back on what i was saying before sure like we yeah so while we do have athletes who were out like and i i love that for them um, I feel like I just want to clarify something. Is like, are we where we need to be? No, not by a long shot. Are we going? Are we getting there? 
one step at a time, Mm -hmm. you know, some steps are going to be bigger than others. Some steps are going to be smaller than others, but we are making strides in the right direction so that like this conversation isn't really in my, in my brain doesn't come like, Oh, this is such a big deal. Like, no, it's not. It's Mm -hmm. just, you know, O'Shea living is living is true. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right, man. Hey, congratulations, bro. Well, for dinner tonight, you know, it becomes a a normal, a a normal thing. Mm -hmm. Um, now I know that, uh, like, yeah. Just to switch a little bit to go back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, of um, course. You good? I mean, you are making your foray up to Winnipeg, wrestle internationally for the first time, 3D Pro Wrestling, August 18th at the Osborne South Legion. This is your first time wrestling in Canada, correct? It is. It is. I mean, do you know much about your opponents? right now um other than what was kind of forwarded to me yeah no um <laughs> but usually when i kind of get what i, what I call uh these sheets i kind of go like i start to watch and mm-hmm. you know i kind of watch how people move and i kind of watch what people say and just they get a better idea of like okay what am i about to step into the ring with so um while you know i am starting to get educated you know, with, with heavy metal. Um, at the same time, I know, like, I don't know him the way I know some other opponents, mm-hmm. but with that being said, I know he doesn't know me yeah. like that either. So it's going to be fun. <laughs> like this has potential to steal the show. Like, I, I don't know the match list or like where the placing is on the card, but this could easily be the main event of the card without being in the main event spot. That's how, highly i look at this contest between you two it's going to be a fantastic match i can't wait i'm excited like i'm really really excited for this now um you are also going to be venturing over to germany in the near future correct yeah Uh, man (laughs) with wxw yes yes um for their um Tag Team Festival, um, mm-hmm. October. Uh, well, I'm flying out October first. Um, I'll perform on the third, but I think I know that festival goes like to the second, to the fourth, or fifth, something like that. So, um, I've been to Germany before as a tourist. Mm-hmm. Um, this time I get to wrestle. So yeah, man, I'm getting to knock off two places I've been wanting to wrestle for a long time. Um, hopefully this is just the 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 start of many. You know, where I get to come to Canada a whole lot, get to come to Germany a whole lot. I, I want to see. You know, I want to see all of it. I want to wrestle everybody. <laughs> it's got to be a great feeling having this lined up coming out of COVID and just like not being able to do any of it. You know, you're getting back out wrestling again. And then it's like, oh, going to go up to Canada, going to go wrestle there. Hey, going to fly over to Germany. That's next. And it's like, that's, it's awesome. You know, like, it's great to see. Now, I, I live a very weird life. <laughs> <laughs> a very weird life. <laughs> Uh, before we started recording, I mean, uh, we were talking just a little bit about Winnipeg and you had mentioned the, um, you, you didn't know too much, but you did know that the thrash Atlanta thrashers had moved up to Winnipeg. Yes. Yes. Um, now since you're not too familiar with Winnipeg, I will ask one question and it's completely random. Okay. Do you know what Winnipeg is the capital of? You know, what sort of like sort uh, of thing? Man- 
Manitoba. Besides, besides Manitoba, like we are oh. known for something here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna stop myself right there if I make something silly. <laughs> well, I mean, Winnipeg is the slurpy capital of Canada. Yo, for real? Yes, because yo, I'm still getting one. <laughs> <laughs> we will go in minus forty weather, go to Seven Eleven, get a Slurpee, and think nothing of it. So oh, it's going down. It's so going down. <laughs> I'm so getting one. <laughs> so we're gonna grab you a Slurpee before the show or afterwards to celebrate and uh, just we'll experience we'll all of it. We'll get one before and after the show. How about that? <laughs> um. Before I let you go, uh, I know that you recently took on a new trainer. How's that going? Man, that dude's kicking my behind, man. Yeah. Um, I haven't I haven't been sore like that since like college two a days. You mm-hmm. know, waking up at five o'clock in the morning and all that stuff. Um, but it's great because I'm getting there's a level of accountability that comes with having a trainer. That's not mm-hmm. to pain them. Um, and then there also comes just a level of just like, all right, um, hey, I'm gonna trust you with this. You know, like I'm going to do the work and all that good stuff, um, but like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's one of those where, you know, to get where you never, I never been before. I got to start doing things I've never done. And that's, you know, find somebody who knows more than me and realizing, hey, man, it's not always about the strength. It's about like this, this and this to get you where you need to be. Um, it's been great. Um, and basically, we've been calling it training camp because mm-hmm. I got three months, you know, so like you, know, uh, you guys get to see the first version. You know, and then I got two more, two and a half more months of that nonsense uh, before I get on a plane. <laughs> so it's gonna it's gonna be wild. Uh, I got two more for you. Um, of course, because you know, like with what happened with ROH, you were a part of it towards the end. Has there been any discussions about joining back up there afterwards when they do finally get the ball rolling, um, or is it nothing? Nothing so far. Um, mm-hmm. Which is cool. It, it's not a big deal, you know. When when it all happened, we all kind of we all kind of saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. Uh, you know, people talk, so it's whatever. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's professional wrestling. You know, it, this whole thing comes back full circle again. This is a business, mm-hmm. you know. And you know, when a business isn't working, like this, is what happens? Mm-hmm. You know, um, this has nothing to do with the talent. It never had anything to do with the talent. Nope. You know, this is something that was outside of all the town's control. Trust me, no one. Comes wrestling like ha ha ha! I can't wait to run this place out of business. Like, no, like nobody, nobody mm-hmm. thinks like that, you know. But everyone there's a consummate professional, so everyone had did their job and did their part. And you know, to to say I was a part of the 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 last pay per view, it's huge. Mm-hmm. Like you can't take it away from. I have like four Ring of Honor posters that I'm on, and mm-hmm. I framed and just put them on the wall. Like, yeah, you're not taking that from me. I don't care what anybody says. I did that, you know. Um, you know, but going forward, like we all knew there's opportunity, if there's opportunity, right, like be ready. Mm-hmm. Um, if not, okay, cool. That's outside of our control. Yep. The only thing we control is to maintain a state of readiness. Mm-hmm. Um, last but not least, I like to ask all of my guests for a match recommendation, a match that you are a fan of. Uh, that you think the listener should go watch and it can be Oof. any federation any wrestler okay. just one that okay. you want to say hey after you listen to this go watch this okay Ooh. okay i got two i got two um i'm gonna give you the match that made me a just a diehard fan yeah okay um sheldon benjamin Shawn michaels Monday Night Raw Gold Rush Challenge opening match. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, I got a chance to see Sheldon in person. And I was like, hey, man, I'm 
excuse me, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I need to talk to you. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I became a fan. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I was already a fan, but I was just like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I became a fan of storytelling. I, I started to read more into it. Um, a match that I'm a fan of now that will forever just be great is um, uh, Brian Danielson and uh, Takashi Morishima for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Uh, I think in Hammerstein. Okay. Uh, is, is the one where um, uh, Brian Danielson had his, uh, he pretty much had a broken eye socket. His eye was detached and wrestled the entire time like mm-hmm. a madman. Um, it, it's just, one of the just the size difference alone, the styles alone, you know, I'm like, yo, I, I, like that's the type of magic I want to re- like. I'm like that mm-hmm. type of magic Um, to the point where like I, I modeled half my game around like more shame. I was like, no, it's you. Like it's going to be you. <laughs> um, Those are my two. Those are my two favorite ones. Those are the two that I can like put on YouTube at any point in time and just mm-hmm. watch them and, and be like, yeah, I'm going to watch this. It, like I know I've spoken about like because I kind of checked out of wrestling in the mid 2000s so I missed a lot of the ROH stuff yeah and there Same. was so <laughs> much great stuff like so much good stuff <laughs> I watched uh, <laughs> Kobashi and Samoa Joe for the first time like three months ago and loved here's, it here's the thing here's the thing I was I was so going to recommend that one but I was like nope because I'm like some people know that one you this one instead <laughs> I I put it on. I watched. It, I'm like, this is incredible. It's, it's, it's incredible. And honestly, watching Ring of Honor is what got me into New Japan, mm-hmm. All Japan, Noah, DDT, which is watching Ring of Honor. Like Ring of Honor was like at that point, Tom. Ring of Honor was my doctorate program. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, man. What you know? Welcome to welcome to grad school. Here you go. Cool. <laughs> Uh, O'Shea, for those listening, if they're not already following you, where can they find you on social media? Oh man, you can find me on the on the Twitter at at Big Bad Kaiju K A I J U, and you can find me on Instagram Big Bad Kaiju. Period. After every single word. O'Shea, thank you so much for doing this. I truly appreciate it, dude. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to O'Shea Edwards for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Make sure that you grab tickets and check him out at Mass Appeal. It is going to be a great card. Him versus Heavy Metal is going to be an absolute banger. Like, I'm so stoked for that match. It's going to be fantastic. So grab your tickets now. Thanks again to O'Shea for joining me. Thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time. I will always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. Um, email GrainmakerPodcast at gmail.com. Instagram, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Facebook, the exact same. Up on all podcast streaming platforms, so Apple, Google, Spotify, and uh t-shirts if you want a t-shirt uh 25 bucks a piece hit me up i will make sure you get one and i can also ship to canada if you are in the states listening to this i have a a site up on what a maneuver um so if you go to whatamaneuver.net search grainmaker wrestling podcast you can grab a a grainmaker wrestling podcast t-shirt half of all the profits is going to be donated to a local nonprofit. um so you can look fashionable and help out a good cause I would say for Canadians, you can also grab off of uh, What a Maneuver, but with the exchange and shipping, it's 
cheaper just to go through me. So I think that covers all of the social media, all of that fun stuff. Thanks for checking out this podcast. I had a lot of fun sitting down with Hoshe. I hope you all enjoyed listening to it. We'll talk soon.